Hey y'all, it's Janice. Welcome to the Dirty Diversity Podcast. This is a place where we will be exploring equity, racism, and diversity. I am a DEI consultant, educator, writer, and professor who strives to center my work around the liberation of Black folks globally. More specifically, I examine and unpack how we can create structures that support the most marginalized folks in the workplace. This is a podcast where I will share my thoughts on all things diversity, equity, inclusion, racism, anti-racism, and Black liberation. My goal is to stimulate your mind and shift you to think in a way that you've never considered before. This podcast will feature my thoughts as well as the perspectives of different folks doing related work. If you want to learn more, pick up my best-selling books, Dirty Diversity and the Pink Elephant, where I explore workplace equity in more detail. Thank you for listening. Hi, y'all. Jay Nice on the mic here. When you are listening to this episode, it will be Juneteenth. So let me first of all just say happy Juneteenth, fam. It is hopefully all of y'all and more specifically the black Americans listening to this have the day off. But if not, I definitely think that you should give money, energy, time or effort in some way to one black person as a form of micro reparations. I'm actually working on an article which I hope will be finished by the time you're listening to this because it's for Juneteenth, but it's on micro reparations. So I will link that in the show notes below if it's finished. If you don't see it as one of the first links in the show notes, that means I didn't finish it. But the goal is to finish it. But I want to talk to y'all today about a comment that popped up. It was really interesting. A comment that someone left on a post that I made on LinkedIn. So today's episode is going to focus on why we don't need empathy for our workplace DEI efforts. Before I get into that, I want to just remind y'all that this week on Wednesday, June 21st, the very first day of summer, I am hosting a workshop online about how to leverage LinkedIn in your business as a business owner, whether you are a product-based business or a service-based business. I am I utilize LinkedIn a lot. Like LinkedIn is my number one platform and I've been able to garner a lot of opportunities from LinkedIn and position myself to get in front of the clients that need the services that I'm offering. So I want to teach you what I've learned about the platform and how I've been able to leverage it in my business. So if you're interested in attending this webinar, I will have as one of the first links in the show notes, all of the details to secure your spot and get your ticket on Eventbrite. So let me know if you have any questions about that. Send me an email. Also, if you want me to answer any DEI questions you have live on a podcast episode, send me an email at askdrjnice at gmail.com. Again, that's askdrjnice at gmail.com. And if you enjoy this podcast, please rate and review the podcast. As y'all may have heard, I was propositioned, is that the right word, for 
ads on my podcast. So you may periodically hear ads on this podcast. I try to make sure the ads are aligned with the pod, but it helps with the visibility of the podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, if you listen every week, just please take a few minutes to uh, leave me a review or to even write a review. That would be even better if you feel so compelled to. I know that I'm one of those people it takes a lot for me to actually write a review or rate and review something. So I that's why I just keep mentioning it on every episode because I know I think it takes people like 10 times of hearing something to actually do it. And speaking of which, I have a book coming out on October 24th, 2023, Decentering Whiteness in the Workplace. It would mean a lot to me if you pre-ordered the book, if it sounds like it would be of interest to you. Um, pre-order it, purchase it for friends, for your family, for your coworkers, for your manager. I have a lot of fun things coming up regarding the book in the very near future and throughout the summer. I'm doing a lot of fun promo, so stay tuned for that. I'll definitely update my podcast fam on all things decentering whiteness in the workplace. So the link to pre-order is in the show notes. So I posted something on, I don't even remember what it was. It was a couple weeks ago, but I posted something on LinkedIn about what people felt like the most pressing DEI issues were in 2023. And somebody wrote a comment that said the importance of empathy in the diversity, equity, and inclusion conversation, right? She felt like empathy was an important part of the DEI conversation. And I pushed back a little bit, and I want to talk to y'all about why. Some of you may know I had an opportunity to do a second TED Talk. So my first TED Talk was Make Emotional Intelligence Great Again. And I actually talked about empathy in my TED Talk from 2017, And then I started reading more and learning more about empathy. I actually read this really great analysis by Paul Bloom. He's a, I think a professor emeritus at Yale University. And he, I've featured some of his work before in my, when I used to teach this social psychology course in in Long Island. And he has this really compelling book called Against Empathy, where he talks about some of the darker sides of empathy. And in my second TED Talk, it was all about why empathy will not eliminate racism. And I'm hoping that sometime this summer, the talk will be posted on YouTube because it's been almost three months since I gave the talk and it's not available yet for folks to watch, but I'm so excited about the talk because I worked really hard on it. And I'm I'm really just excited about it with my first TED Talk. I had like a week and a half to prepare. And then after the TED, there was like a technical glitch that happened during my TED Talk where all of the lights went out for a second. And then I wasn't standing on the red TED, you know, TED Talk circle. And that talk, I'm kind of like, it was good, but I feel like I'm not 100% like it was my best work, right? I'll actually leave, I think I may have a link to it already in the show notes, in my footnotes, but I'll leave a link in case, excuse me, in case you want to watch the my first TED Talk. But part of this episode for today really centers on what I discussed in my TED Talk, right? Because when this comment came through, I hear this a lot where folks say, 
if only white people and people in general could feel more empathetic towards black people and folks of the global majority and racially marginalized people, we would be able to cultivate an environment and a workplace built on equity, right? That's what people say. And I'm here to bust that myth and say that that's actually not true. And for those of you listening who are engaged in diversity, equity, and inclusion work, we don't need to try to induce empathy out of employees, out of managers, in order to create systemic and long-term changes. I'm The argument that I'm making is that empathy is not needed to fix our flawed systems, right? Particularly the systems that marginalize and harm black folks. We don't need empathy for that, right? Because what is empathy? When you think about empathy, empathy can be thought of as the ability to put yourself in the shoes of another person and understand what they're experiencing and feel in in some ways or another what they are feeling. The problem with empathy and what I talked about in my TED Talk and what Paul Bloom talks about in his book Against Empathy is that there will be times when we will not be able to put ourselves in the shoes of others. We're actually more likely to feel empathy for people that are similar to us, right? As a black woman, I'm more likely to feel sympathy for other black women. And overall, one of the most poignant parts of the empathy equation that I want y'all to take away is that our empathy is actually biased, right? We are, as a society, more likely to feel empathy toward white individuals than we are to feel empathy toward black individuals. A great example from the book Against Empathy was when Sandy Hook happened in Connecticut. It involved the, the horrific shooting of kids, right? Kids were involved and... The We saw the, rightfully so, the public outcry that came from Sandy Hook. What's really interesting is that in Chicago, every single day, the amount of black children that are harmed by gun violence exceeds the number of children that were harmed during Sandy Hook. But we don't talk about the violence in Chicago. And the author of Against Empathy, Paul Bloom, attributed that to our empathy bias, right? We're more likely to feel empathy toward, and there's tons of research studies that indicate and support the fact that we are more likely to feel empathy toward white people versus black people. In my TED Talk, I talked about how quickly I can name folks like John Benet Ramsey. For us 90s babies, we remember John Benet Ramsey because she was all over the news and that's all that they could ever talk about. John Benet Ramsey, John Benet Ramsey. And I remember Elizabeth Smart. And I remember Gabby Petito. And I remember there's so many, Natalie Holloway, there's so many white women that went missing. The missing white woman syndrome is very real. And there's so many white women that went missing or that were harmed that I can name. But when I actually sat and thought about like the missing black, indigenous, Asian kids that I had heard of in the 90s, I could not think of any, right? And so... That's part of the reason why there have been several campaigns to raise awareness for the lack of visibility that is received when it's a person of the global majority who's being harmed, right? There is a movement to raise awareness for missing indigenous women. There is also the Say Her Name campaign. 
and Kimberly Crenshaw, the legal scholar who coined the term intersectionality, is actually one of the people that spearheaded the Say Her Name campaign. Because even within the Black Lives Matter movement, right, which was started, by the way, by black women, the experiences of harm that black women endure are often erased and ignored. And I talked about this. I'm going to leave some resources in the show notes. I talked about this in a 2021 Forbes article that I wrote on how black women's contributions are ignored and erased. But we are biased and our empathy is biased, right? And so we can encourage people to feel something like empathy when our ability to even empathize with others in and of itself is biased, right? And so I really wanted to just emphasize that if your diversity, equity, and inclusion strategy and programming involves empathy-inducing activities, involves conversations on empathy, I think that it's important to reorient that conversation and recognize how biased our empathy actually is. They did a study, I talked about this in the TED Talk, they did a study, they've done tons of studies, but they did one with healthcare professionals and they found that healthcare professionals were less likely to prescribe black patients who were in pain with pain medication. And when they did prescribe black patients with pain medication, it was at lower dosages than their white counterparts. So our ability to diagnose pain and to recognize when black people are in pain is severely, severely limited. I don't remember in that particular study if those findings were generalizable to the public. I would assume that they are. I think that the solution isn't just getting more black healthcare professionals, although representation matters, right? Because anti-blackness is ingrained in all of us. So just simply getting more black professionals who are in healthcare is not going to necessarily completely transform our systems, although it does help, right? And so any sort of diversity, equity, and inclusion strategies and programming should really focus solely on transforming systems. The argument that I made when I gave my second TED Talk and the argument that I'm trying to make in this episode is that you don't need empathy to transform your workplace systems. In fact, you don't need to focus on empathy, right? Because I can recognize that you're in pain without actually having to feel that pain myself. I can know that you are being harmed without having to quote unquote, put myself in your shoes. Because the fact of the matter is that, again, as a black millennial cishet woman, there's some experiences that no matter how hard I try to put myself in in a person's shoes, I will never understand. As a black woman, I'll never understand what black men experience and how they're stereotyped and marginalized, even though I have a black male partner, even though I have a black brother, even though I have a black father. I don't understand, I will not understand that because I'm not able to fully put myself in the shoes of a black man. And that's okay to say, right? I don't expect 
a black man to fully understand the experience of a black woman because they don't that's not a reality that they live and i think that we waste time and effort and energy by trying to induce empathy from people without realizing that there are some things that people just will not be able to understand if you are a person that has never experienced childbirth and does not have the ability to produce children you will there are some things that you're not going to understand that people who are birthing parents and who have have the ability to create life or produce children have experienced right as a person just simply put as a person that has never had children there are some things that i don't understand no matter how hard i try to put myself in the shoes of a parent i will not understand that and that's okay right and so when we think about what it will take to truly transform our workplace, we have to focus on our systems and our structures and the ways that our systems and structures are lacking and how we can modify and improve the systems and structures to make them better. I think part of the way we do that is having somebody from outside of the organization take a look in the organization, right? There could be things that you're missing and when you have an outsider take a look, they're able to recognize things that you didn't see yourself, that you're like, oh, I never noticed or realized that, right? And so when I come into organizations as a consultant and I evaluate their systems and structures, there's things that I see and I notice and because I've been doing DEI work for a long time, it's like I'm able to recognize things and my clients are like, we never thought about that. We never considered that. So it's important to, again, understand that if you're focusing on empathy-inducing activities in your DEI strategy, in your DEI programming, it's important to reorient that to focusing on the systems and how to improve and transform your workplace systems and structure. So this, that is all I really wanted to share with you all in today's episode of the podcast. Again, happy Juneteenth. Thank y'all so much for listening. And if your organization or institution is looking for a external consultant to help you with your diversity, equity, and inclusion plan and roadmap in a post-George Floyd world, definitely send me an email. Reach out to me at Janice at BWGBusinessSolutions.com. The email is also in the show notes. So again, if you are interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business as a business owner, the information about the webinar I'm hosting on June 21st is in the show notes as well. So at, with that, I will leave y'all for today. Again, happy Juneteenth. I love y'all. Thank y'all so much for listening. And I will check y'all out in the next episode.